This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, December 2nd, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. For libertarians, Russell Roberts says it's an important time to think about first principles. Given the financial crisis, a recession, and the government's response, he predicts a United States in which there is a lot more top-downing than bottom-upping in the economy. His new book, The Price of Everything, A Parable of Possibility and Prosperity, explores what is seen and unseen within our prosperity and the politics that surround economic reality. We spoke following a forum for the book yesterday. Where are people being misled the most? What uh, insight is most missing from the current uh, public talk about uh, finance, the economy, and the government's uh, proper role in it? Well, one of the narratives that's emerged in the current mess is that this whole thing was Wall Street's fault, was greed run amok, uh, government didn't do its job regulating Wall Street. And my worry is is that we're going to try to create a new financial order from the top down, which is going to be extremely difficult to do well without unintended consequences. Um, This problem was not caused by deregulation. You can always argue we should have regulated more. Um, And it's always a possibility that some regulation could have been put in place ex ante that might have saved us from this meltdown. Uh, So I think there's always going to be this tendency to try to figure out what that might have been. And we'll try to prevent the next crisis that was like this one, which we'll probably be able to do. What we won't see is the unobserved costs of those kind of solutions. And so what I'm worried about is um, killing the goose that lays the golden eggs that will ruin the environment for risk-taking. In the media right now, the terms financial crisis and economic crisis are used uh, quite often synonymously, even by people in the uh, financial reporting that really ought to know better. What's missing from how media communicates to people about these complicated economic issues? Well, I cut the Gordian knot there by saying it's a mess, and that way I don't put the word financial or economic or stock market in front of them. Uh, I think part of the confusion is is that those things are related. The stock market, the financial system, and the real side of the economy are related. It's sometimes hard to understand how they're related, and I think that's where the sloppiness comes in. Uh, the fact that the stock market goes down isn't in and of its or up isn't in and of itself a good or a bad thing. It's a signal. Uh, of course, personally, we have our own individual stakes in it. Many of us, uh, so we are very interested in that. But that is not the real economy. And similar, it's it's a measure of the real economy, but it's not the real economy itself. The stock market could could go down, and the real economy could do well for for a long time, and vice versa. So. Similarly, the financial system is in crisis right now. Uh, That doesn't necessarily mean that the real side of the economy is going to collapse. But if the financial system stays tangled up and ineffective for long enough, it will start to have real side effects. So I think that's the worry. And keeping those things straight, I think, is very useful. In reading uh, this book and The Invisible Heart, I find that you make an honest, I think, an honest attempt to cultivate uh, sympathy on the part of a reader who may be inclined to disagree mm-hmm. uh, with the the case that you're making. How do you approach uh, characters in a way that you find is fundamentally fair, uh, but is uh, able to still cultivate that kind of sympathy? Well, you know, most of my, all of my books, I've written three books. They're all dialogues at heart. 
the question is how much plot do I put around them and to make it more interesting that I'm able to enable to use. Um, usually I want in that dialogue, one of the characters is usually a skeptic, one's the economist or the more knowledgeable person. And I want the skeptic to ask the questions that my friends ask me when they're wondering why markets work or they're worried about some policy implication of something that I'm more, say, uh, optimistic about. So I try to have my characters ask the questions that that I face, and I try to come up with the best answers I can. But I certainly want them to have a voice, uh, and I want them not just to ask the questions, but to make the case uh, for the non-market-oriented viewpoint. Uh, sometimes, you know, my mom once said, "How can you? How can you let that person say that? How can you write that?" And I said, "Well, well at first I said, wait till you finish the book.'" Uh, uh, but secondly, uh, those are what real people care about and are worried about. And if we don't answer those arguments or sometimes admit that we're wrong, uh, we're not going to get uh, the hearing that I think our ideas deserve. So I think it's really important to be intellectually honest and, uh, and empathetic to the other side and give their voice uh, a hearing. I think our voice with theirs comes out pretty well. So I'm not worried about hearing both sides. I think it's really important. In general discussion then, uh, among libertarians, you said we're in for some soul searching here mm -hmm. uh, at at the forum, and as far as libertarians go in making arguments to people who uh, are persuadable, where is the biggest failing? Where do libertarians tend to gloss over, uh, particularly in this financial crisis, but more generally, where do they ultimately fail or don't care to make a, their case the best? Well, I th you know I think the soul searching has to do with with the interface between private activity and public activity. I think we need to be uh, as honest as possible about when the, there are negative consequences of private decisions. They happen. Um, my book's about emergent order, uh, which is about order that occurs naturally. Not all emergent order is good. Uh, traffic is lousy emergent order. It's, uh, it's orderly, but it's not pleasant. And uh, the reason it works out that way is the feedback loops that work in other situations aren't present there in the case of traffic. And, this, of course, the standard public solutions to that problem of widening the road or more public transportation don't work either. But I think it's really important to be honest about when things work and when they don't work and where things have costs. And the human side of, of uh, private decisions is both positive and negative should be talked about because I, I see my mission as an educational mission uh, in helping people understand how markets work. They don't work perfectly. And to pretend that they do, which sometimes our side is prone to do, uh, I think we hamper our case. Just to take an example from trade, and international trade, uh, you know, the idea that NAFTA would, quote, create jobs, I think was absurd. Trade doesn't create or destroy jobs in the aggregate. It changes the kind of jobs that we do as a nation. And I, I believe that's a good thing, the freedom to choose the type of job and the products you buy. That's extremely important, but to suggest that it's always going to be good and ignore the hardship that occasionally happens uh, when people make choices that don't help every person is uh, is a recipe for disaster. So I think it's it's important to be intellectually honest about what hap how markets work, and uh, they work imperfectly. I think they work a lot more perfectly than government, but uh, it's uh, there's a lot of things government does that help make markets work better. We should we should be honest about that. Not an anarchist.
Russell Roberts is author of the new book, The Price of Everything, A Parable of Possibility and Prosperity. He's a professor of economics at George Mason University. He blogs at CafeHayek.com and hosts the popular EconTalk podcast. You can listen to the full book forum at our website, Cato.org.